Hello there. It's another weekend update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, you know, blessed weekend. It's Easter weekend. And yeah. Of course, a lot of people, you know. Well, you know what? Actually, I want to say a lot of people, and I guess people are participating in Easter and praying before they eat and all of that, but there was a recent survey out mm-hmm. of things that are important in your life, and uh, 39% of people now only say that that religion and uh, are important. It's funny you should bring that up. Uh, Tucker Carlson last night uh, opened his show talking about religion, and uh, I want you to hear what he yeah. said. A special edition of Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Good Friday. This is the saddest and at the same time by far the most hopeful day on the Christian calendar. There was a time not so long ago when the overwhelming majority of Americans observed Good Friday. They got up, they went to church, they talked about it at the office and at dinner that night. It was part of their culture. That's no longer true. Tonight, you wonder how many Americans even know it's Good Friday. So after hundreds of years, this has finally become a non-Christian country. But it's not a secular country. You sometimes hear people call it that, but they are wrong. There are no secular countries. Every country has a religion because every person has a religion, even if it's atheism. Everybody worships something. We're born that way. We can't get away from it. So what is America's religion now? Well, as it happens, we have video. This is from St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota. It was taken on April 2nd. That was the first Sunday after the mass killing in Nashville in which three adults and three children were murdered at a Christian school for being Christians. In the old America, Christian pastors would have preached about this. They would have acknowledged the evil on display and they would have prayed for those who'd been killed. A form of that is still happening today, but the roles have been inverted. In America's new religion, the victims are not the children who died in Nashville. The victim is the woman who killed them. Because Audrey Hale called herself transgender She was, by definition, a holy martyr. Watch this pastor in a formerly Christian church compare Audrey Hale to Jesus. Leaders were looking for any excuse, valid or not, to crucify Jesus. And they found that reason. It's baffling to me that someone's existence can be so threatening that people decide they need to be controlled, that they need to have laws made against them, or even worse, that the people that they find to be so threatening should die. So Audrey Hale's very existence as a transgender person was so threatening to authorities that they killed her, just as the Pharisees killed Jesus. Her death had nothing to do with the fact she just murdered six people. That was the pastor's sermon at St. Mark's in Fargo. So it's pretty clear that St. Mark's Lutheran Church is no longer a Christian church. So what is it now? Well, it's a transgenderist church, one of many. Transgenderism is this country's fastest growing religion. Like many faiths, its theology features a supernatural transfiguration, the moment a person is transmogrified from one sex to another. Converts to this faith abandon their old lives and embrace an entirely new self, Their former identities no longer exist. They're dead names. But here's one big difference. Transgenderists do not believe in the God of monotheism. They believe that they themselves are God with the power to control nature. 
And if you think about it, this should be a concern because it's a recipe for extremism. Am I wrong in saying that transgenderism wasn't even a concept we considered as recently as like two or three years ago? I mean, I all of a sudden it's become the main issue. And I'm thinking back to like five years ago, I don't remember even hearing the word transgenderism or transgender. Do you? I don't remember hearing it. I don't know how far back it goes because as as a society and a culture, it wasn't on the radar. So I'm not saying it didn't exist 20, 30, 40 years ago, but it was such a minuscule amount. I, it probably wasn't even a percent. So you got to wonder how did this grow into something? And even now today I hear all the, the transgender culture when they were supposed to have the weekend of revenge. Right. You know, there's all oh, they're going to be in mass. They're going to be out doing this and that. And then the plug got pulled on it. But we were talking about 1%. Yeah. So, you know, the optics, somebody's doing something. Are we being optics. sold like, a bill of goods? A bill of goods. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. The optics yeah. of life, you know, they focus on what they want to and how they want to. And unfortunately, the church falls right in lockstep with it. They have in the Ukraine. Yeah. Here we got, uh, uh, what is it, Zelensky, right. who is sitting there, you know, taking taking uh, uh, spiritual leaders and locking them up and shutting down churches. In the meantime, we're supporting Zelensky, you know, which yeah, is Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying that we need to support Russia, but, you know, and, you know, I had some other revelations because I know that I've been saying, hey, you know, this fuel thing, that we got going on and we're not going to have the, uh, the fuel to, to fight a war. Actually, that's probably wrong. And the fact that it's the, the shortages in this country are targeted and they're targeted at you and me because we still have under our ground, under our soil, all the means to sit there and be self-reliant and independent, which Trump took advantage of. And we can still, crank that machine up right away. So, you know, they, they know this. Yeah. This is all about people control. Getting back to the transgender mm-hmm. thing that we're being, I don't understand how companies can can take their product, their brand, what they sell, what they market, and put it at risk. Now, and I'm saying that companies like Anheuser-Busch, their marketing department, had to understand that that by putting the transgender, uh, whatever his name was, Mulvaney, I guess his name? Mulvaney. Yeah, uh, putting, putting, him, Mulvaney. putting his face on their Bud Light cans was going to be controversial and risk the brand. And I would, I would say that it has done that. I mean, when you see people like uh, Kid Rock uh, going, putting a video online where he has some cases of beer stacked up and he takes out his... Uh, his AR-15 and and blast them on on the video. Uh, when you see other people saying they'll never drink it again, that uh, when you see a company, one of the companies, one of the big distributors, uh, Anheuser Busch made a huge mistake. A major distributor in Missouri has canceled all upcoming appearances of the famous Budweiser Clydesdale horses, uh, following the company's decision to give an endorsement to Mulvaney. So, I mean, you have a big distributor of your product saying, nope, we don't want your horses. And, I mean, where does it go from there? Do they say, we don't want your beer? 
I mean, well, people are calling for that. The uh, the uh, one of the Olympians uh, that came in uh, second got the silver medal. She is calling because of Mulvaney for the boycott of uh, Nike and Budweiser because Nike now is using Mulvaney mm-hmm. as uh, a, a model for their sports bras. Mulvaney has been doing this for a while. Uh, uh, Kate Spade, the purses and whatnot. But is he transgender because he's transgender? Or is it for him a gimmick? Because I think that there are two types of people out here. Maybe some that are confused or not confused that, that believe they really were misassigned at birth. And if that's what they believe, that's what they believe. And there's others going, I can take advantage of this. And I'm kind of looking at Mulvaney going, as a guy that I can take advantage of this. Kate Spade, the purses. And then now the sports bras, and there, there uh, he is, or and she is. The person the, you were talking about was Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines came in second place, I think, like you said. Uh, yeah, she, she was with silver. the University of Kentucky, and uh, uh, she was a champion herself. She would have been first place if that uh, was it. Lee Thompson, Leah Thompson, uh, the guy who was a transgender, who was swimming in front of her. I mean that that's ridiculous. And so she went to the San, uh, San Francisco University, I guess. She goes out there to to talk about transgenderism in in uh, women's sports and she's terrorized by a group of transgender activists who literally assault her. They not only assault her, but they chase her into a, a classroom where she's locked away for 3 hours until the police can get her out. It took three hours for the campus police to go get her and bring her to safety. Yeah, and this is something the left will do. They will sit there and chase and be mean and violent, but they do it all. Uh, I don't know what you put the name that they're doing it for, but they think that they're justified in doing so. And they will also sit there and call for boycotts and hit you in the pocketbook. I don't think you have to say a darn thing. I, I think that we just go, if you're going like, if what is happening with Budweiser and Nike and these, these companies, you know, and you make a decision, I don't support this, then you, it's like voting with your pocketbook. You know, they, they go to work one day at the headquarters of Nike going, oh, it's going to be a great day in the neighborhood. Wait, where'd the customers yeah. go? Yeah. You that's, know, that's true. Well, you know, well, we need some more. Transgender ads. Mike, Lind- Mike Lindell came out in support of uh, President Trump in 2020. He stood by President Trump. So all of a sudden, all the woke businesses started to get ticked off and pulled his pillows from their stores like Bed Bath & Beyond, thinking that Mike Lindell was going to be hurt. They did it to hurt him. What happened? Then, what happened? Well, he was scared. It, it did scare it him, did. but he stood... His ground. He went and actually did a lot of TV ads and a lot of mail yeah. order business. And he, he built up his business that way. But what happened to Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> They're on the brink of bankruptcy right now. Yeah. And, you know, people that aren't into this, you know, the, this this counterculture society, whatever you want to call it, wokeism, mm-hmm. you know, that did invest in Bed Bath & Beyond and whatnot. They're sitting there. They're losing money too. Yep. And you know you're a shareholder, but see, and you're wondering why companies do this, because they've infiltrated the boards of these companies, you know. So 
the few become the many and they control the they control what's being seen by the masses and they don't care that they kill this company because they really don't own that company they work for the company they're up on the board of that company but they got a parachute and the average person that you know invested their life savings to make something for their future their children's future and whatnot now we're getting sucked in, and when the money goes away, it's their money that goes away. So these these clowns are playing with your money. I mean, who would have ever thought that Disney Disney would have a problem uh, uh, with its its customer base? But it does now because Disney became very obviously and overtly woke. Uh, for the longest time, when I was a kid, you were a kid. Disney was the wholesome family entertainment venue. It was the place you could go to a movie theater and see a wholesome movie with your whole family and not get swear words or nudity or any of, of that kind of thing. That's what you could could be assured of when you watched a Disney film or di- go into a Disney venue. But not anymore. Not, now, some like someone in their boardroom or a few people in their boardroom decided we're going to make it uh, a woke company. You know, I was saying to you, Bill, before... Uh, we started the show, you know, if you went online and looked up uh, some of the screenplay uh, solicitation companies, you would see, I'm thinking of places like Ink Tip and International Screenwriter Association. These are places that have classified sections where movie companies and producers will advertise for, for uh, certain types of screenplays. And it used to be that the, the classified would be... Um, a production company seeks thriller, uh, medium budget, uh, two to five million dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be it. And people would say, "Well, so my script." And now, now the advertisements are: uh, production company seeks uh, socially conscious thriller uh, with a diverse cast. With, I mean, seriously, it it, it literally, it, it literally is more concerned with. Uh, being woke than looking mm-hmm. for great entertainment, and you, you say that can't last. I mean, how can they they make money making movies like that? Well, they're doing it all the time. I don't know that they make money, or they're getting money from other sources that don't care. That is a brilliant observation. I really mean that. That is probably something that nobody considers. Everyone thinks movie companies make their money with ticket sales. No, but if you have George Soros back in your movie company, and you got a guaranteed profit going into distribution, what do you care? You know, you look at the movie industry, and there are people that that you know wanted to break into the movie industry, and they're going, well, you know, I'm in this low budget film; it's probably never going to make it to the theaters. Well, a lot of these companies they would come in and they say, well, we don't care. We really don't care that we don't make it on the big silver screen. And here's why. And you see it right now when you turn on your TV, there's an app on it, Roku or something like that, or TLC. Either way, you've got 200 channels of all kinds of movies. Yes. All right? These guys need product. So they can sit there and walk over and say, oh, you got a movie? Yeah, the acting's bad. You didn't really colorize it right. Uh, we'll give you a two hundred fifty. We'll give you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for the rights to run that movie for the next 
sure. four months. Yeah. And they put it up on their play. And, and, and you know what else we they sit do? sit at home and watch that, everything. That's the guaranteed base. What they'll say is, and if it happens to catch on, because they can tell how many people are downloading it. Damn right. If it, if it becomes a hot movie on Netflix, you make more money. And yeah. what they're saying to a lot of these producers is, look at uh, shoot the movie, uh, and if it doesn't make it in the theaters, don't worry about it because we'll stream it, and you can make a profit on Netflix or Amazon Prime or you know one of these other places. There's a company down in South Carolina, a young lady that writes scripts for them, and I, you know, she's on my friend list from something or somewhere, and she's a nice person, but I would, I would never picture her in the motion picture industry. But somebody mm-hmm. started up a company, and motion pictures, you don't need these big. $130,000 cameras anymore. Oh, no, 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 yeah. You can shoot a movie with a $1,500 camera. Oh, sure. Because the little thumbnail chip that's inside of there, uh, Nikon makes a camera. 4K, uh, st- stereo sound, Dolby. Yeah, they shoot at 120, whatever it is, uh, per second, uh, frames per second, FPS. It is unbelievable. And, and you've got you've got quality beyond what you see on Netflix right now or in the movie theater, and you can shoot it at home and you can sit there and, you know, the software to edit it, you can become a movie production company for under five grand. I have an $800 camera, $800 camera that I got about a year and a half ago, 4K. It's it's in a little bag to my right. And literally you could shoot, you know, gone with the wind on it in better quality. I mean, it, it, you know, and in 1938, when they shot Gone with the Wind or 39, um, the camera that they used was probably, uh, it was maybe, like you said, at the time, it was probably a $100,000 camera. In today's dollars, it would probably be a $5 million camera. It was a huge, huge camera the size of a Volkswagen, you know, because yeah. they were shooting it in color in 1939. That was a very technical process. But the point is, now... Like Bill said, you can hold the camera in your hand. Heck, you could literally shoot a movie in broadcast movie quality. Forget broadcast quality. In movie quality with your smartphone. With That's your right. smartphone. Well, and guys have done it. And guys well, have done, done it. they've done TV shows. Yeah. Fa- uh, what was it? Uh, Jimmy Fallon? He did a show one time where they, they did it with, I believe it was him, that did it with a smartphone. You know, and as far as. You know, Bill, when you, when you watch these shows on. Uh, Discovery Channel and Travel Channel. Uh, a lot of these programs are like, uh, what is it, the Swamp People, where the guys are out shooting crocodiles and things like that. And you see, and they, they got cameras all over the place. You wonder how they do it. Heck, they're shooting a lot of them with what they call GoPros. A, Go, yeah. a GoPro costs $250. It is the size of a, a pack of cigarettes or smaller, right? Box of matches. Yeah. And it shoots 4K. And it shoots yeah. everything to a chip, so you can you can shoot like a, a, hours worth of video. They stick these cameras everywhere, and you can act, you can literally take the quality of that picture, and you can insert it in a uh, a major motion picture, and the quality will hold up. Oh yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, the technology is just mind boggling right now. Yeah, it has a micro SD chip that you would like you use in your phone that goes in there. You know, so you put a hundred and twenty eight gig in there. Or bigger, and you know you can shoot a movie. You can go to uh, local department store, Target, Walmart, something like that. They have the little hand grip camera holder, 
It either sits on the table as a tripod for podcasting using your phone, a little screw in on the bottom. Well, ironically, it turns to a hand grip, uh, and you can sit there and screw in that GoPro, and you can plug a mic into the side and plug it in. And I'm talking not just a cheap mic. I'm oh, yeah. I'm talking about a pretty nice mic. Yeah. And you can do that, and you can sit there and walk around and do interviews. You can shoot scenes. You can turn it around, and you can walk and do your own self documentary that you want to do. It's amazing what you can do. So the point is you don't need a lot of money to make these movies and they get on, on the tube that way. So it's not about you and me paying big money to go to the theaters anymore. And even the big money companies, the Marvels, which Disney has screwed up. Um, they, they don't have to have that kind of money. Even if they spend a lot of money, their money comes from elsewhere. And, and I got to tell you, speaking of movies, they are now becoming tools of the left to propagandize uh, the country. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, you know, who, you, would you ever think that there'd be a movie coming out that was about uh, the glorification of a terrorist group blowing up a, a pipeline? No, you would have thought that's ridiculous. Who would make a movie like that? Well, this week. A movie is coming out. It's hitting the theaters. It's called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I want you to listen to the trailer. You're going to have to use your imagination a little bit because there is some video. It's a trailer. It's a commercial, essentially, a video commercial. Boys. Yeah, but you're going to see, you're going to hear some of the dialogue in this trailer, and it'll, it'll just make you think twice. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Boom Talk. Today, teaching myself to make a homemade blasting cap. And if this works, it'll be step one in making our own improvised explosive. Might be headed to Texas for the winter. What's in Texas? This project. What kind of project? Trying to stop the pipeline from being built on my property. Poisons the air, water. Man, this place is sick. You guys cooking meth in here? You ready to start working? We have to show how vulnerable the oil industry is by hitting something big. Michael, what do you think the odds are we blow ourselves up? I don't really care. We could blow the pipe at the hilltop, keep the oil from leaking. Thinking. I'm not thinking about it. I'm doing it. What if y'all do structural damage? Structural damage is kind of the point. This is destruction of federal property. Terrorism. American Empire calls us terrorists, then we're doing something right. If you're seeing this, let those who profit from mass death know their properties will be trashed. Okay, so what do you think? Do you think that uh, do you think that that kind of a movie has a marketplace, Bill? Nowadays, 
Yeah, I do because uh, we we we're a warp society. So there's going to be the curiosity factor. There's going to be uh, I can't believe they're doing. Oh, this is cool, man! Yeah, you know the man. kids. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be a lot, and there are going to be people that uh, look at it as an education. You know, to do something they shouldn't do, like a training um, video. Like a training video. And, you know, sometimes there's just raw, I wonder how they do this. And you look, you know, because mm-hmm. I even remember as a kid in high school, you know, some of the kids that I ran around with, we we loved old war stuff, you know, and, and we yeah. were modelers and we did the rocket things and everything and made our own stuff. And we filmed movies, you know, and we'd go to a pit and we'd have ships out there and maneuver them and have battles and they'd blow up. So we wanted to know how to do certain things. Not that that was a smart thing, but we were innocent in the fact that we weren't out to hurt anybody. But also at that time, there was, you know, nefarious people out there like the Symbionese Liberation Army where they were about blowing things up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's knowledge that you can pick up so easily out there, like how to make you know, explosives that mm. go in the mail. And, you know, there's, there's training things. Online. This is, this is a, uh, these are symptoms of, of, in my opinion, of a sick society. Yeah. I mean, there, a society, there, a society, one would say is that's committing suicide. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I remember when the crystal meth thing was a big thing and it still is. Don't get me wrong. And they were sitting there going, You'd go to a, a, a hardware store or something like that, mm-hmm. and on the cash register, you see people buying any combination of these, even just two of these things, they make meth. And you're sitting there going, and you're looking at that going, so those are the ingredients you need. Mm-hmm. You know, it. then all of a sudden you're going, uh, why do you put that out there? Because somebody's going to sit there and do that. You know, and and blow their their house up in half the neighborhood. <laughs> it's true. It, it, it's happened. You know, yeah. I, I, if the there thing, are some things we just don't need to know. The the days of uh, going to a movie theater or even going online and finding finding a great, entertaining movie, uh, they're few and far between now, because all of them want to be a social statement. They want to be in. They want to be woke. And by the way you will see very few, if any, conservative-leaning motion pictures. If you are a writer and a good writer and you have great stories to tell, but your stories have traditional values like God, country, apple pie, the American way, odds are you're not going to find a producer in Hollywood who's interested in looking at your stuff. It's not what they want. They, for the most part, have an agenda in Hollywood, and they stick to it. Uh, you're just not going to have success. But the funny thing is you can have a script like that and not find anybody to do it. And with the things that are out there, you can even maybe find somebody that can help you do it. You could make your own movie and self-promote it on the uh, interweb and end up all Mm -hmm. of a sudden becoming this, you know, surprise hit because, yeah, but you use theater of the mind. But then versus... you have social media 
if if it's not woke enough, or if it's against their narrative, oh, they'll, 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 they'll throttle you. They'll throttle you down or drop you right off their uh, their platform. Well, that's what they're doing. They're deplatforming you now. I mean, I, I find it interesting that uh, kind of you know going back here a little bit to you know when Trump got indicted, you know the 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 woke left is coming out there. I mean, not only did they, oh, there's 34 counts. Well, it's actually one count divided by 34, and it's it's a non-crime. But okay, besides that, then he had the, um, well, let's see. Let, let's see what he got attacked by on the news, if I could read my lighting. Uh, he had the, uh, the weight uh, and uh, height police, you know, where the, the people are going, well, you know, he says he's 100 and used to be at six foot three and 139 pounds. But now he's, you know, still 139 pounds and six foot two, which is just one pound away from being obese. What the hell does that wait, have wait, to do wait, with it? Wait, 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 wait. They were criticizing his physical appearance. Yeah, and then they then they had the ring around the collar, please. Well, you know, you should know that you should never show up in court with a ring around the collar, and it was probably his his orange makeup. I'm like going. Why? Really? Really? No, this is this is when you open up your browser like Microsoft. You know, he, the, for the for the audience, a uh, little clarification. He came from the Trump Towers, where he has exactly three floors of his of a suite. He has three floors on top that he he lives in with his family when he's in New York, and he has all the clothes he wants in those uh, in his suite. And you're telling me that he had a ring around the collar coming across the street? This guy probably had a brand new, perfect, perfect shirt on. Even when he if he out didn't, the door. he was traveling in a hurry from Florida to there. Got but, there but the day before, but he spent the night. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah. I, but these are these, these are these are cheap little people who do will do anything to denigrate the guy. Period. Oh yeah, they, but they, you know, then they have the wardrobe police. You know, they, they've got everything. Um, oh, come on. His suits are worth more than my house. They had the, uh, what's his title, police? He was introduced as the, they didn't introduce him as the former president. He's a businessman. What does anything Why? have to do with, th this have to do with the time of day or about what's really going wait, on here? Wait a second. But, In court, they introduced him as a, a businessman and not... The former well, that's president? what these people are saying that uh, we're, you know, paying attention. Well, the one thing I noticed, well, you know, the one thing I noticed, he was indicted on a BS charge multiplied by 34, 34 because yeah. it's one or divided by 34 because it's it, not complete. And then all oh, they have a secret charge. That's right. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But uh, well, there's some people know what it is, Yes, but it's so secret. We can't tell you what that charge is. In the meantime, Things are happening with Hunter Biden, and uh, there are there are subpoenas going out to certain people uh, in the Sun, uh, Hunter Biden circle, and you're not hearing about it because everybody's talking about the Trump case, which is not a case at all. The real criminals. Yeah, it's a distraction. Here. The yeah. real criminals on uh, uh, in this scenario are the Bidens. I mean, the Bidens mm -hmm. are the guys who sold access to Washington. Pure and simple. It's obvious to anybody who has paid an iota of attention to what's going on. Okay, if you've if you spent one 
one little fraction of a second looking at the facts, you'd see that Hunter Biden has been selling access to his dad, and his dad has been selling access to Washington, pure and simple. They've been and doing it's it coming for out in the documents that are that are being subpoenaed and, and coming forward, but they're doing a tap dance, and they're going to do this tap dance for the next year and a half because if they can get away with it, Biden stays in, Democrats come back in, then this will all go away. So yeah. we've got to, you've got to pay attention. And then, you know, the Republicans have got to sit there. Uh, they haven't been in long enough to do anything, and they've got to make some hay enough, uh, make, make enough noise and give, give the public something. So come election time, we keep them in power so they can continue the job. Now, have you noticed, Bill, that with all of this talk about the, this soap opera, this nothing of a case against the former leader of the free world, um, mm-hmm. no one's talking about what's happening in the Ukraine. Also, n- nobody's really talking about the joke of a report that came out about the Afghan withdrawal saying that it was basically the Trump uh, administration's fault. I mean, which everything was is every, Trump's fault. Every, everything about that report was was absolutely ridiculous. Can you imagine uh, John Kirby getting up in front of everybody and, and defending the Biden withdrawal from Afghanistan? You would have thought in a fair and honest uh, news environment, you would have seen the press going all over this guy. But instead, you only saw one guy question Kirby the right way, and that was Peter Ducey from Fox. And everybody else in that room was silent. They were quiet. Kirby was lying right out there for everybody to see, and Ducey caught him, and Kirby got ticked off. But the whole, the whole press corps should have gotten ticked off. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the problem. We don't have an honest press so you can't have no, we don't. you can't have the facts out there. Um, you don't hear about what's happening in the Ukraine anymore, right? I mean, no, you don't. Nothing. And that is still a problem. You got Russia there that's going. They're about ready to do something that, yeah. at least they're saying. And I don't know. All right, let, let, let's let's put it on the table. You got a holy war that's about to break out, and it could break out without anything. Of course, you got. Are you talking about Talib. Israel? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you got Talib who's fanning the flames. Sure. And she needs to shut up. Of course. You know, on this, because what's going to happen is something's going to fly over there, and then who's going to get involved in, in, in that war? Then you've got China in the, you know, w- looking like they're poised to invade Taiwan. Now, of course, uh, McCarthy, uh, you know, speaking with the leaders of Taiwan and, and whatnot. But, you know, you got China out there in the Straits, and I don't know that they're actively going to go and fire a shot and, and start a war, but they're out there. Their generals want to go to war. Their, their military Bill, has there ever war. been a better time for them to go after Taiwan than right now? They well, have. This is a perfect time. They, What's going to make it happen is a misstep, an accident, a mistake that's making that's that's taken, not an uh, act of aggression that was planned, but somebody will do something stupid or a mistake will happen, and that will burst into a war that's down there. You mean too so many people? Too blink. many people are walking around with their fingers on the trigger, 
That's uh, right. And somebody's going to stumble and pull it. That's it. And then, then we got a war there and all hell breaks loose. So if you're sitting there all comfortable with everything that's going on, wake up, wake up, wake up. Do you think that Joe Biden is going to stand up for Taiwan in a battle? He, We have promised Taiwan that they're our ally and we're going to stand by them. But do you think if push comes to shove, we're really going to stand by Taiwan? You know, he's turned his back on his party on his own campaign promises. So do you think he's going to stand up with Taiwan? You know, unless unless it's uh unless it helps his pocketbook or his personal interest, he can give a rat's ass. Just before uh we pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, Biden was was talking about how if he does it, it's going to be a well-planned withdrawal. He was oh, saying sure, yeah. uh and you know uh, we're reminded of it by a guy named Alan Jones is a, a commentator on Sky News in Australia. And uh, not too long after uh, we had that botched withdrawal, uh, he did a commentary, and it still stands up today. Listen. Afghanistan's surrender will have enormous ramifications. We now face a more unsafe world with the militant Islamist Taliban more emboldened than ever. And there are concerns amongst many in the U.S. security establishment that the world will once again see a rise of terrorist attacks. On July 8th this year, Biden was asked whether the withdrawal of troops would be similar to that of what we saw in Vietnam. He replied in his usual incoherent way, these exact words, none whatsoever. Zero. The Taliban is not the South, uh, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being airlifted off the roof of an embassy that, of the United States from Afghanistan. Can't even string a bloody sentence together. Biden is utterly unfit to be the president of the United States. And it blows my mind how world leaders like Scott Morrison and Boris Johnson suck up to such an intellectually bereft individual. The last word must go to the Wall Street Journal editorial board. President Biden's statement on Saturday, they say, washing his hands of Afghanistan deserves to go down as one of the most shameful in history by a commander in chief at such a moment of American retreat. It went on. As the Taliban closed in on Kabul, Mr Biden sent a confirmation of US abandonment that absolved himself of responsibility, deflected blame to his predecessor, and more or less invited the Taliban to take over the country. This is the Wall Street Journal editorial board, not Alan Jones. It went on. Worst of all is the plight of the Afghans who assisted the US over two decades. Biden said on Saturday that the 5,000 US troops he's sending will help in evacuating Afghans and Americans. But it says there are thousands of translators, their families and other officials who are in peril from Taliban rule and didn't get out in time. It goes on. The Biden administration was far too slow to get them out of the country despite urgent warnings. The murder of these innocents will compound the stain on the Biden presidency. They ended by describing this as, quote, the worst US humiliation since the fall of Saigon in 1975. Now, I'm tired of saying this, but when you're sick of saying it, some are only starting to hear it. This is all due to the weak political leadership of the West. That's one of our allies. That's a, a commentary from Sky News Australia. And uh, that was just after the fall of Afghanistan. And it holds up because it's the same guy. He's issuing the same excuses. The report that came out this week blamed it mm -hmm. again on Trump. Mind you, 
the entire process was done by the Biden administration. They did it. They they told them how to do it. The Biden administration said, get every soldier, get them on a plane and get them out. You know, leave the equipment, $89 billion worth of equipment, leave it. And don't worry about the translators. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out down the road. And we haven't, by the way. They're still stuck. They're still in that country. Some of them, God, I hate to say it, some of them I'm sure have been killed by the Taliban mm-hmm. because of that stupid withdrawal. This is the kind of guy we have leading our country right now. The, he tells us the war in the Ukraine is a good thing and we should be there and we should be putting money into it. And the fact of the matter is, uh, I, think we're, I think we're funding a despot. I think, we're, I think we're funding a guy who is a dictator. When you start closing down the churches in your own country and putting the clergy in jail, what does that say about the type of government you are or the person you are? It says, it says, it says volumes. Says that you're a corrupt person. It says that mm-hmm. you can't stand to have criticism or another version of the narrative coming from other people in your country. If it doesn't align with what you're you're saying, then they have to be taken care of. And that's what's happening right now in the Ukraine. And we're supporting it. We're fueling it. I could go on and on, uh, but yeah. but we uh, we probably have uh, wound this update down. You know, it is Easter weekend, and, you know, I really hope, I pray that nothing bad happens this weekend. But according to surveys out there, America really doesn't care anymore that it's it's a holy weekend. And uh, that, to me, is some of the saddest news that I ran across. 39% yeah. think that religion is important. Uh, 20 years ago, that number would have been... 68, 70% think it's important. You know, you're never going to have 100%, but, uh, well, it would be nice, but, uh, and maybe there was a time, but it's only getting worse. And, and in that is, is child, uh, you know, having children and, and, and the, the family foundation marriage is also, uh, below the 40% mark. And we have teacher shortages and police shortage of police and we have uh, a need for more border agents, but yet uh, this administration will go out and hire 87,000 IRS agents to come after you and your money. Um, Also, in what alternative universe does this add up to 8.6% inflation? Gas is up 44%, airline tickets up 33%, used cars up... uh, 23%, 23%, hotels up 23%, suits up 22%, bacon up 18%, oranges up 17%, tires up 16%, furniture up 15%, milk up 15%, coffee up 14%, deliveries up 14%, bread up 14%, baby food up 13%, soup up 13%, cereal up 12%, eggs up 10%, and dry cleaning up 10%. And how does that equal an inflation rate of 8.6%? Somebody's cooking the numbers. And let me tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. I think there's only one thing you have to do to bring all those numbers down. What's that? One thing. Vote for Trump. (laughs) Well, that's two things. But one thing, Joe could fix this right now. But, you know, he broke it. And the thing that we could do is we have all the resources to be energy dependent. Trump proved that to us. 
and Joe dismantled it. Now, all we have to do is go ahead and those offshore rigs, yeah, let's make sure they're safe, but let's get them pumping again. It's yeah, but take you a few you, months. You, you don't understand something. I mean, yeah, I think you do, but I mean, uh, he doesn't want us to be I know successful. That. Everything about w- what he's doing is intentional and that's what through. I'm saying. Yes, and, they, and the key the key to this door is our energy independence. Yeah, but he's not going to he's not going to open that door. He's not going to. Then you know what? Kick him out of the damn house and put somebody new in. Yeah, but I will open we, that door. Hey, we're on the same page. I agree 100%. Kick him the hell out. But the thing is, we we don't have border protection, no security on the border. We have fentanyl being shipped into the country. By the way, there is a bill in front of one of the state legislatures. I think it's in Idaho or it might be Oregon where they want to legalize fentanyl to kids. Fentanyl. I have no idea, okay? But think about that for a second. They want to legalize a form of fentanyl use to kids. Why? And see, then that's... I'd like to know the person that came up with that bill. uh, All I can tell you is it's another sign of a very sick, sick society. And with that, I think we should uh, pray pray for our country... Pray for a turnaround so that we can be the country that we once thought we were, at least, you know, uh, back in the not-too-distant past. Anyway, my friend, uh, I want to wish you and your family a very, very happy Easter. I hope you, uh, you enjoy your Easter festivities, whatever they may be. We'll see you on Monday with another edition of It's Another Day. Sounds good to me. Have a nice one. Happy Easter. 